0: If the thought of taking a risk leads to anxiety in the moment, not taking the risk leads to an anxious life. How many of you have set goals in the past and you come right up, but the fear inside stops you and you back away? How many of that happened to everyone has experienced that? You know, Abraham Maslow one time said you will either step forward into growth or you'll step back into safety. That safety could be a prison. Is Janet Hall in our audience? Is Janet here? Janet was in a seminar recently and she gave me a poem and she said, would you like to have this? And I read it, and I said, yeah, I sure would. And this is the first time I've shared it with anybody, but I've, I don't know who wrote it. Janet might have wrote it. She didn't say whether she had or not. But at any rate, I got her name, and I marked it on the poem. And I am indebted to her for it because it's so good, and in a moment you will be too. Here we're talking about risks. This is, this is incredible says, to laugh is to risk appearing the fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out to others is to risk getting involved. To show your feelings is to risk exposing yourself. To place your ideas, your dreams before the crowd is to risk Their loss. To love is to risk not being loved in return. To hope is to risk pain. To try is to risk failure. But risk must be taken. It absolutely must be taken, because the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing does nothing and has nothing. You may avoid suffering and sorrow, but you simply cannot learn, feel, change, grow, live, or love. Chained by your certitudes, you will be a slave. Only the person who risks is free. That'll take on even more meaning as I uh, get into this lesson. I have here a letter, a newsletter, that come from a... uh, A very dear friend of mine, he's a minister in Atlanta, Jay Dishman. And I used to go and listen to Jay every weekend because I liked his ideas. I liked his way of communicating his ideas. He put them in uh, terms that you could take them and you could use them. He said, recently I visited Alcatraz Prison. Once it housed the most hardened of criminal. Today it's open for tours under the direction of the United States Parks Department. Many men have tried to escape Alcatraz, but no one is known to have succeeded. As I listened to the tour guide explain the impossibility of escape, I thought of other prisons equally as confining as Alcatraz, but where the doors are never locked, no guards walk the walls, escape is encouraged and, in fact, possible. And he said, that prison is habit. You want to really be consciously aware of what you're doing. Is it a habitual thing you're doing every day? Is that what's controlling your life, your destiny? Or are you choosing and going in the direction of your dreams? He said, our habit of thinking about ourselves and our environment is either a jail or a paradise. We just have to look around us to see people who are rich emotionally and materially because they think and feel rich. We also see people who are laden with emotional and material debt because they think lack. Some are inspired with vision. Others, unfortunately, are encumbered by doubt. Some are moved by ambition. Others are paralyzed by fear. Some feel free to change. Others feel safer in monotony. Some reach for the mountaintops, others huddle in the pits. Some seek opportunity, others just wait for it to knock. The sad fact is that more people are confined by their thoughts than are freed by them. Negative thinking shuts us in a prison. But there is a way out. Jay goes on to say, the apostle Paul said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind.'" Paul knew a lot about prisons, both physical and mental. He emphasized the mental prison by knowing we get exactly what we set ourselves up to experience. And that's exactly what John was talking about a moment ago. Now, before I get into the real important part of this letter, or of this particular lesson... I want to go back and touch on something that we covered a moment ago, but I didn't go into it too deeply. Now, let's stop and think. Here's your mind. Most of us are conditioned, and remember what conditioning is, nothing but a mass of habits. We're conditioned to take all of our information from our sensory factors. We have been programmed on a physical level from the time where children, look at me, listen to this. Don't you see that? And that's how we're trained and conditioned to learn. So it's natural that we should let our material, our physical, or our results control our thinking. Now we know there are two polarities. I pointed out on this side, is ignorance and its polar opposite is knowledge. Now an ignorant person does not understand that they can operate with their intellectual factors. they can choose the picture and get emotionally involved and they can see the results come out in their life. They don't understand that they're letting their results control their thinking. So they set a goal, but then they look for the signals that it's going to happen. Where they start to look at the empty bank account. The wealth, it's no good. It's not there. We don't know if we're going to have enough money to keep going. And what we do at that point, we forget our goal and we start to worry. And then we doubt ourselves, And it's a negative experience. It's a psychic disease. That worry instantly and automatically turns into an emotional state called fear. Now, keep in mind, you're working with the central nervous system. It is the most incredible electrical system in the universe. This can happen in less than a millisecond, and there's a thousand of them in a second. That energy that we call fear, that negative energy, must be expressed through the only medium it can be expressed through, and that's this thing that you live in, Your physical body. And it expresses itself in a negative vibration that's more commonly known as anxiety. I had someone talk to me here just about an hour ago about anxiety. That's the cause of anxiety. Worry isn't the cause. Fear is not the cause. Ignorance is the cause. Not knowing. Most of us are afraid to admit our ignorance. We're all ignorant. I admit my ignorant freely when it comes to doing some plumbing yesterday morning at about a quarter to five or something like that. I admit my ignorant when it comes to tuning up a car. I'm absolutely useless. In fact, I'm ignorant in most areas. I just know how to do what I'm doing. But I don't even want to learn how to do anything else. You do this well enough, you can hire somebody to do everything else. You know, Develop your strengths, manage your weaknesses. How do we eliminate ignorance? It's very basic and very simple. We study. We study and we develop understanding. And the understanding tells us, quit let your outside world, don't let your outside world, don't let previous or present results control your thinking. Visualize what you want, Get emotionally involved with it. The understanding leads to faith, and the faith manifests on the physical plane as health or well-being. You can literally transform the state of health that your body's in. I've seen people that close to death door change it. I've watched people who are in terrible state literally change your life. I keep telling people how much I've changed, and I know that some of you, if you just here, for the first time, you never knew me before, you'd say, well, he's saying that's a good copy for the seminary. Okay, how do you go talk to my mother? I got to the point where she was the only one that had even any hope that I'd ever wake up. I was like the principal that had two good reasons to go to school at 40. I mean, I was 26 and I still didn't know. John was exactly the same. Just an absolute mess. Beautiful person, but he didn't know it. I was, but I didn't know it. I want to take just a moment to introduce John's parents, because they're here today. They're sitting right over here. They're very good friends of mine. Why don't you stand up for a minute, Mr. and Ms. Canary? Let's give them a real good hand, all right? They are two of the nicest people you ever want to meet. And Mrs. Canary's not at all reluctant to tell me to mind my own business or keep my place. I mean, she's always giving me hell for something. (laughs) But you know something? She's an honest person, and so is he. And if you were to go talk to them, they would probably tell you that they just can't believe the change that's taking place in John. And it's done it through these ideas. And you know, whatever it is, you can change. And you know the beautiful part, they, they probably enjoy the change more than John does. <laughs> no, they really do. Because I think when changes like that take place in our loved ones, it makes us feel so good inside. You know? So not only do you benefit from the change, so does everyone else benefit from the change. Now, we're going to run through a mental process that every one of us have experienced. I'm not going to talk to you about something you do not know about. I'm going to talk to you about something you do know about. You may not know how to stop what happens, but it's happened to every one of us. It's happened to you. Now let's go back and draw on the information that we started with. In our little life, we had all kinds of ideas programmed in here. John talked about that quite a while ago. Then we began to think, what kind of thoughts would we think? We would think thoughts that were in harmonious vibration with the conditioning we already had. It's natural for a person to think X type thoughts, X being the unknown factor. So it would apply for all of us. If our mind is programmed, our subconscious is programmed with X-type conditioning, it would make sense that we would think X-type thoughts. Why would we? Well, by thinking X-type thoughts, those thoughts, when they're mixed with the conditioning, set up a vibration that we're used to. That's called the comfort zone. Yet, might not give you the results you want, and in fact, probably won't. But it's comfortable. Do you know you can be comfortable getting very inferior results? You can be very comfortable in a relationship you totally dislike. Why do you think people stay together that don't even like each other? It's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's also dumb. Yeah. Why do you think a person stays on the job they don't like? comfortable. They're used to it. There's no risk. They know how to do it. Going after the bigger job might be scary. Keep thinking. Now, let's bring this ahead. We said this was bondage. It's prison. Now, this is what we call reason. Remember what we said here? We have sensory factors you can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. Here we've got the person with the X-type conditioning, X-type vibration that produces X-type behavior, that produces X-type results. Let's say the X-type results represent $18,000 a year income. That's about where it was, isn't it, Al? Now remember we also said we have the ability, we have the ability to choose thinking this way or this way. We can think of how we can get what we want or we can spend time thinking of why we can't. We also said as long as an idea was just here in our conscious mind, it would have absolutely no effect on how we felt or anything we did because it's right here in our consciousness. Now, this is also called the educated mind or the intellectual mind. This is the part that reasons that thinks. Now, do you know you could put a Y-type idea in there, Y being much better, much better than the old conditioning. See, this conditioning represents an $18,000 income. I'm going to use money because... Everyone can relate to it. Now, I'm going to ask Al, because we talked about Al here a little later, a little earlier. Al walked over at the break, and Al gave me a sheet of paper. Now, I haven't asked Al if he'd talk about this, because I want this to be spontaneous, and I also want it to verify something that I'm almost certain of. In fact, I'll be shocked if I don't get the answers that I'm expecting. I really will. Because I know so much about how the mind operates in the human personality. Now, let's let the Y represent the $500,000 income. And the X type conditioning represents the $18,000 income. Now, Al, this conditioning caused you to do what you were doing to give you that income. All right. Did you like what you were doing, Al? Were, I mean, were you excited about it? Not hundred percent. No. Not a hundred. I mean, you weren't really turned on with it. No. <coughs> Marge, were you excited about what Al was doing? No. Al had an escort service. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't really fair, but they're pretty good heads, so I think they'll go along with that. (laughs) At least Al probably would, even if Marge wouldn't. (laughs) Marge, how did you like living on the $18,000 income? I didn't. You didn't. You didn't take many interesting trips on the 18K, did you? None. No, none. That you cooked in a lot, did you? All the time. All the time. Now, Anne, let me come back to you again. How long had you thought about changing before you actually made the change? Quite a few years. I quite was right. a few. I was right. Even righter than I expected. <laughs> quite a few years. I never thought it'd be quite a few years, but at any rate. It was quite a few years. Did you think of doing what you're doing now? It did cross my mind, but I couldn't get myself up to... Couldn't get yourself up to do it, could up you? to doing it. you exactly. got a brother that had been doing well for quite a few years, doing what you're doing now, haven't you? Mm-hmm. That's right. And what it was, I believe, was fear that was holding me back from going out. That's exactly what it was, and that's what we're going to talk about here. Now you see the strange part about this is, the guy that I was praising for being the great manager is his brother. <laughs> Nino is Al's brother. Now, I have known Nino for eight years. Nino was in the first seminar I did when we moved from Atlanta to Toronto, and it was an odd situation. It was his birthday. And his wife made him go. (laughs) And he's told me on many occasions that he's not sorry he went. Wouldn't be very nice of him to tell me anything else at this point, would it? Now I know what Nino's done. Nino is a risk taker, no question about it. You both have the same mother and father, Al? You both do. Absolutely. So, you see, we often say a baby is a born risk taker. Here's two people from the same parents. One's out there taking the risk, making the dough, doing the big deals. The other's doing something they're not really excited about. An 18,000 a year, wife has to cook in all the time, doesn't go out, didn't like what he was doing, wasn't excited about it. He's thinking about doing what his brother's doing for years, but he doesn't do it. Is that uncommon? That is not uncommon at all. Not uncommon at all. You've probably experienced that in your family. I see it happening every day. Now, now if we could keep focusing on this, the Y-type idea represents what you're doing now. And every time you thought about it, you probably thought about the compensation that it would give you. Is that Correct. Exactly. You never dreamed it would be a half a million a year though. Never did, no. Never. Have you any idea how many years it would take you to earn a half a million at 18K? (laughs) Several. And your hair wouldn't be black and curly, my friend. It would be long and gray. Now, if you had any left. But you see, it's generally much better than you ever even think it will be. Now, I want you to keep thinking about Al's situation. Al is a real estate agent, and he, we've already found out that there's only 13 out of 20,000 that are doing a job that may be a little superior to his. So you could say Al is one of the best in the world at what he does. But he had to think about doing it for years. Now, when he was thinking about it, he probably thought about the nice cars, the nice trips, and I was looking at Marge, I was just about blinded by the ring on her finger. I mean, I don't think you got that on 18K. You'd had a couple of years' wages for low in there. Now, let's come back again and focus here. Here's Al, X-type energy, X-type vibration, X-type behavior, X-type results, and he gets to the point where he's thinking, I think think I'm going to do that. But before you can act on a Y-type idea, it must go through that part of your personality. You'll never act on an idea without passing it through here. That is the power that doeth the work. Remember that? John brought that out in the last lesson. And every time he went to impress that idea, the Y-type idea and the X-type energy, do you know what that did? That instantly and automatically affected his entire nervous system. It set up a chaotic vibration. We'll call it a foreign vibration. It's an X-Y-type vibration, mental conflicts, and instantly and automatically doubt, fear, and anxiety just zoomed through his system. And it happened so fast, he didn't even know what was happening. When that feeling took over, he did not know how to control it, so he did what Maslow said. He stepped back into safety. Then he started to reason with it. Who needs the big cars anyway? Damn things just cost too much money. (laughs) Does Marge need that big ring for? A little band of gold is all she ever really needed. Those prices in those rich, the restaurants are ridiculous anyway. Lights go down, price goes up. (laughs) Kids are well fed and looked after. We're well dressed, we have a warm home. Besides, Nino loses every now and then too. I don't really need it. You've got to justify staying here some way. So you do something called rationalizing. That's rationing lies to your mind. Could Al break through this terror barrier? Not only could, but he did. But he did. Here's the X type energy. Here's the Y type idea. And he started to get emotionally involved. Did he create doubt? Fear, anxiety. Yeah, he sure did. But I'm going to tell you what's different. He started to do it with understanding. Understanding. You know what that led to? That led to freedom. I want you to watch here for a moment. What did Al say? He said just after he made the change, he came to the seminar. He started to use the tapes. I met young Christina yesterday, and apparently they're inundating her brain with the tapes. And I'm going to tell you something, Christina, it's going to pay off for you. It's going to pay off for you. John was mentioned about Brian's personality. I was happy to hear him say that. Brian's my son. (laughs) I was going to tell John it's in the genes, but I know that's not right. (laughs) Do you know that I started to study these ideas just a few months before Brian was born? And a big change took place in my life just a few months after he was born. What Zucker say? There's two classes, no class and first class. I made up my mind that I was going to program some ideas into their little minds that were a lot different than the ones I had programmed into mine. Now, this is saying nothing against my parents. They gave me everything they had. You cannot give a person something you do not have. If we traveled, I had them fly in the front of the plane, first class. We would take them to nice restaurants to eat. Because I had to learn, after I was an adult, how to eat in a nice restaurant. I didn't know which piece of cutlery to pick up first. I would be asked if I wanted something. When the waiter or waitress first came, I didn't even know what the word meant. I would take them to beautiful resorts. I was going into, some, into New York one time, and I took Brian and Raymond with me. John and I had limos picking us up, stretches, taking us everywhere. If you're going to travel, you might as well be comfortable. And I had Joe, the guy that used to take us in New York all the time. I said, Joe, I want to keep you for the day. I'll bring the boys down. I want you to take them around. Had him drive them all around. I said, take them down to the battery. Wake them up. <laughs> yeah. So he took them to all these places in the stretch limo. See. Moved to England. Moved to the United States, always traveling. They always were in nice cars. I don't think they know what a used car means. See? Nice homes, nice clothes. That's all I give them. The homes they bought, they bought. They in the money and they bought them. Some of you say, oh wow, yeah, it's, Proctor's Kidding by a couple of houses. You're right, he can, and not because he's my kid, because he got the ideas. He and Leslie studied all the time. Colleen does what she wants. Raymond does what she wants. I never went to college. Nobody in our family ever went to university. So there was never much talk about going to university. Linda helped me with that idea. We didn't talk to them whether they were going to go. We talked to them where they were going to go. See, we had them making a choice. Which one do you want to go to? Not do you want to go or not. Yeah, and if that's all you talk to them about, they make a choice. Colleen chose Illinois State. Raymond chose Wilfrid Laurier. Now he tells me he wants to be a lawyer. He's in his last year in Wilfrid Laurier. So I guess we're locked in for another four years. But I treat education... <laughs> I treat education as being almost sacred. As long as he'll go, I'll pay. You see? Al didn't have the benefit of that kind of teaching, and neither did I. Do you know what he did? He did the same thing I did. He came to the seminar, and he got involved in those tapes, and he listened to them over and over and over again. And if you're watching this videotape, don't think just because you hear what I'm saying and you can repeat a bit of it that you know it. You want to watch it over and over and over again. You've got one of the most magnificent tools in your hand that you'll ever get your hands on. And this wraps up today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you felt moved by today's episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe for future episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.